Hello, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I have food poisoning. This is Brett Urban. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a healthy boy, Daniel Phillips. We're a weekly book club podcast where <laughs> we go over one book a month. Uh, this month, we've been going over... Uh, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner, um, and it's our book week, so we are going to talk uh, all about Crying in H Mart. I'm so excited. I love book weeks. Um, before we do that, let's get into short stories and catch up, guys. Um, I think Brett kind of already already opened the floor for the short story, though. Yeah. Hey, Brett, think, how you feeling, pal? I think Brett just has to go first here. Um, I'm feeling great. I don't know how you guys would handle this situation, but I'm I'm just taking it on the chin. So I know um, our, I know our uh, our listeners emptying. can't see this, but it, I really like how you rigged the mic to go like into the bathroom with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm not even on screen right now. I'm like I'm like waving from a few. I like, see a 10 really long away. cord yeah, stretched over really... the back corner of your apartment. <laughs> oh boy. You know, it's um, just it's just another day. As I told you guys, another day in paradise. I'm just making the best of it. Um, I get a lot of time to think while I'm on the toilet. And it's just great. I just, I just, you know, it's, you get to reflect on your life a lot and it's just, it's great. Yeah. Um, Brad had a pizza last night called the cheesiest cheese at a restaurant. It was, it was too strong for me. (laughs) It really was the cheesiest cheese. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry that you out cheesed the bread. I almost drowned in it. And then it, it's still trying to take my life right now. God, I'm so sorry, man. That stinks. Cut All me right. a chokehold, guys. I, honestly, honestly, it, it, the dedication you have to be recording yeah. right now just shows how much you love this podcast and mm-hmm. that you're laying down your life. On, you're putting your life on the line for our listeners, and that's I'm beautiful. Just- yeah, I'm here for you, listeners. You know, just still um, bring bring all of your troubles to me. Still, um, the pizza, the cheesiest cheese, is off screen holding a gun. <laughs> To my forehead right now, but other than that, we're good. Um, if uh, if at any point, like the mic just like if there's like scrambling noises yeah. and you hear like a chair topple over, if you hear oh crap, 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 and that's literally and figuratively. <laughs> oh, no, then um, then you know. <laughs> no, no excuses, Brett. Uh, how has your reading reading been this weekend? <laughs> Have well, you got a lot of reading mostly, done today? It's been mostly you listening. Am- ample time. Yeah, it's been mostly listening while I'm curled up in a ball in bed. Oh, that no. Was, that was a lot of today. It was just laying in bed, just listening to Michelle oh, Zahner's beautiful man. voice I'm so narrate sorry. this book. I'm so it's, sorry. Yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster because this book is very emotional and what you've been going through um, is not the best either. So I, I couldn't tell what the tears were from, honestly. It was right. just... God, okay. <laughs> all right kidding. podcast over we're I'm just canceled. kidding That's... i'm sorry you don't feel good brett um so we we are recording two episodes basically back to back because of someone i don't someone's going somewhere um but we all love each other equally and so we're not going to put blame on anybody and oh so... no i'm not hey, <laughs> hey dan i'm nice this episode you're great and i love oh it. yeah you're right um, it's so weird because it was only like 24 hours ago when our last episode came out and you were mean the entire time. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't remember that. That was the history. That was That's a, that's in the that's history books, my friend. That's um, in the past. And so I, I said that to preface this next thing is I'm still reading Priority of the Orange Tree 
And it seems like I've been reading this book for like four weeks, but we've really just done three episodes in like a week. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. We're just cramming all the episode recordings in. Yeah. Um, So we don't know. I mean, technically, by the time our our listeners are hearing this audio, Dan, you're already done from Hawaii. What was your favorite part? Um, Definitely the Pokeballs. Oh. Because mm-hmm. I like sushi now. I haven't liked sushi for my entire life, but now, now I Great do. Great timing. So I'm, I'm, they were very good. And I loved the, the helicopter tour. That was fun. I saw a whale. Whoa. Dude, I'm just whales. manifesting so cool. tell, my Tell destiny. about how you ran into Steve Buscemi at the airport. Oh, my gosh. You won't believe what happened to me. I ran into Steve Buscemi. <laughs> at the airport and then he ended up sitting next to me on the plane and we talked about all of his great works including that Spike meme too and Spike he showed you t- he showed you his tattoo you told me about that where was that again he has a yeah. tattoo of steve buscemi on his uh elbow wait he's got a tattoo small. of himself yeah and his thing is he can never look at it oh that's kind of uh is this like a portrait thing? of dorian gray situation yes Yes, it is. Is this the dumbest joke we've ever told on the podcast? It is pretty dumb. Parker, do you, <laughs> okay. do, do you have anything? Oh, hey, let's, do you guys want to talk about the book, or should we should we just cut it off while we're while we're behind? <laughs> let's talk about the book because I, I enjoyed this book a lot. Yeah, and also we're like it's a ticking time bomb with Brett's uh, <laughs> tummy situation. Yeah, we're we're we, doing we're doing okay right now. We got to keep this episode clean and fast and crisp. No errors, no cutting, no no mess ups because we, we are on the clock. Doing it for Brett. We're doing it for Brett. Yeah, I hey, I appreciate the love. All right, let's talk oh, about. I'll the be book. right back. Oh god. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about crying in H Mart. Um, do you want to do quote of the week first? Yes. I did not submit one because uh, the one I had is actually already on there. And so oh, nice. got, looks like we've got three quotes from Crying and HMR. I don't know who submitted which ones. And so I'll, I'll just pass this over to you guys. So I wrote in um, the quote Crying and HMR. This is um, after her mother had passed. And it was it felt like the world had divided into two types of people. Those who felt pain and those who had yet to. And um, I'll get more into that, why I, I really liked that quote. Um, it's it's a difficult quote and it's sad, but I, I it stuck with me. It's one that I like thought about quite a bit after reading it. Yeah. So go on. Um, so I added the other two. Um, I'll choose the one that I most, I guess, associated with. And it was the one she's... In one of the sections she's talking about her mom, she said, um, she mentions how when she was a child, she used to put her cold feet under her mom to warm them up. um, And that her mom would shiver and whisper that she would always suffer to bring me comfort, that that was how you knew someone really loved you. And so that was, it kind of resonated with me because I feel like that's kind of like a tenet of my love language is like, that's how I show love to people as well in a weird way. But um, I just thought that was really interesting and a cool way to, to show it. Cause she mentions how she wore her, um, her mom wore her cowboy boots to like for like a week before she sent them to him just to make sure that they were oh, like yeah. past the, yeah. the point of like hurting you, like breaking them in or whatever. But I just thought that was a really cool way to, to express like how, uh, how you show love for somebody. 
Brett that's has, definitely that's definitely uh, a Brett move. Brett's the best of us. <laughs> God, yeah. Brett has worn uh, my feet countless yeah. times. Yeah, I can't tell you oh, how many yeah. times we stick Dan and I stick our cold feet <laughs> under Brett, and um, he he suffers to make us feel better. I think that's the part yeah, you guys song. miss most about us recording in the same place. Is that's how yeah. we used to record episodes? <laughs> um, Dan, do you want to read the last quote? Yeah, I'll read the last one. Um, Life is unfair, and sometimes it helps to irrationally blame someone for it. And that is actually the one that I was going to add as well, because uh, boy, oh boy, is that the truth sometimes when you just feel like everything's against you, and it's just like I gotta, I gotta blame someone because right, it, like, I mean, surely <laughs> this isn't just happening. Yeah, sometimes you just need a lightning rod to take your uh, yeah. frustration out on and i that that's a really that's a great one as well yeah um so that that one's very good brad did you you said you submitted submitted that one no that's the exact that's the exact reason why i just i felt like that was like the most humanistic point of just like it's like like a point of frustration yeah it's like i'm I'm so over this (laughs) yeah exactly so I was just going to say uh do I mean do we want to take a, a stab at a synopsis? You could probably just say it's like it's Michelle's journey through like losing her mom to cancer and how she reconnected with her and like yeah. it's also like a love letter to um Korean food or however we I mean that's say beautiful. That. Why would we say it any other way? I think yeah, you just nailed so, it. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's a memoir of someone processing their own grief it's almost like reading like a a full diary entry almost like you're reading through someone's kind of inner monologue of just their life experiences um with a huge attachment like brett said being to like korean culture and food and just kind of experiences like that yes um highly recommend very good book i will say um up front and i i just wanted to like set this preface as like a a a groundwork for our listeners um we are all three uh white dudes and are you know we're not women and we're not korean um does that mean that we can't enjoy this book no we absolutely loved it and there's a lot of stuff a lot of great stuff that we can take away from it does it mean that we are definitely not the best uh, people to speak to this and on this? Yes, for sure. There are yeah. there are, um, better resources, uh, better people. I mean, Michelle Zahner herself, obviously. Um, and but like it, it's you know there's there's definitely parts of it that won't um, or, you know resonate as well for us or or um, we we don't have the best perspective on this this memoir like we 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 can't relate as well obviously as you know being us being like men and white like there's we can like you said we can still enjoy it and we can still respect and appreciate but we can't connect to it and relate to it as well obviously as so we're not going to have the best insight probably that's that's yes that's beautiful i think that's exactly what i was trying to get to is like we we can empathize and sympathize with the journey but our insights are not going to be mind-blowing or game-changing right um and there's certainly a uh you know better insights out there and i think i just wanted to say that up front and and you know 
make sure that we approach this humbly in a way that doesn't right. sound like we're, you know, three white guys trying to say like, right. and our experience is this because the world doesn't need more of that. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Disclaimer over. And now we can get into this book. Um, so spoiler, spoiler ban has been lifted as usual after we kind of start discussions on our book episodes. And so just to start off, like book is very heavy, right? There's a yes. ton. I, the, the point of the book is dealing with a parent passing away. And so kind of amidst all of that, you have um, some really good moments of like bittersweet moments and really like loving moments that are scattered throughout these chapters. Are there any of those that really stood out to you guys um, with, you know, the story just being kind of as sad as it is? I mean, personally speaking, I I absolutely loved the Law and Order chapter. Yeah, dude, yes. I was just so, gonna say that. And and um, you know, I the the book it it was heavy, but it it something that I loved about it is that it was it was really nuanced and it didn't feel like it pulled any punches. You know, it yeah. felt like Michelle's honor was very transparent with right. laying down like everything, like her own her own um, you know, nuance of of you know of being of just being a person like all everybody that she wrote about in her family it she showed the good the bad the ugly right um but that that law and order scene i th- i felt like was so beautiful because it was you know during that time when they were battling cancer or her mom was battling cancer and they were going through that battle together and michelle was trying to kind of not necessarily atone for her you know teenage years and, and rebellion and everything but um you know just just comfort her mother and there was that really sweet moment that felt like um they were able to kind of almost just very briefly escape the the constant fight you know and everything being about cancer and everything being about that battle and have that moment where they watch tv and they but then also they both like cried together and it was it was like they were able to use that medium and that silly show and they, and I even like how she said like we don't even watch law and order right um, but it was able to let them communicate in a way that they hadn't been able to or that it, it you know felt like they hadn't been able to yeah. I, I don't know I just thought that that stuck with me I thought it was great and and beautiful writing and very relatable um I really liked anything involving Peter in this book, I know that kind of breaks away from the the mother daughter relationship of it, but I I love Peter. Peter seems awesome, and it's it's interesting because this is the first time we've done like a memoir. So when I say like I love Peter, it's not like a fictional character. Right, right it's, it's not like, a character. This yeah, is a, a real human person human, that yeah. like went through these experiences, and I, I I do understand that. But like, um, I just really enjoyed reading like the supportiveness. Uh, like how supportive he was kind of going through all of this. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. Simply put, I like Peter. Peter's cool. <laughs> I think there's something really beautiful about the, that role that people play in, in life. Cause I know like when I've gone through hard times, you know, there's people who you almost forget were helping you along the way or not, or, or they just weren't like on the forefront, but just like a constant steady support. And I think not just Peter, but like a lot of her family members that she mentioned, uh, you, you know, who were living through it with her and helped her process and helped her love in, you know, the, the midst of all that turmoil. Um, but Peter, yeah, Peter's a great example. Um, and she, she actually had a sweet moment in the acknowledgements 
where she, you know, wrote to him just about how like he was a constant in that like crazy, crazy period of her life where everything was, you know, not constant. And so, yeah, I, I, I can see that, Dan. So over the course of the book, we saw Michelle's relationship with her mom change and develop. And I, <laughs> this will be an interesting question. I, you know, me knowing y'all's stories, obviously more than um, our audience, but uh, have y'all had any similar experiences with your own like parental relationships? And did you like, were you able to see uh, like similarities and, and uh, you know, mutual understanding from that relationship within your own? I was a perfect child <laughs> and I've never done anything wrong. And I know my mom and dad listen to this, so they're going to hear this. And I think they would oh, agree yeah. with me that I've never done anything wrong. Oh, um, boy. And it's I mean, all it's my true. brother that I mean, does all the bad stuff. Mark and Linda really lucked out because you are the best. They got the perfect child. I mean, like, you're the best one. So, so my upbringing was a little different. Uh, and I love both my parents. That That's not where I'm going with, with this at all. Um, but for people that don't know, I was not raised by my parents. I was raised by my grandmother. And that leads to just a different style of upbringing, I think. Because it's like, it, it would be like, imagine, you know, the generation over us. And I'm not getting into like generation war. But imagine like, if we were to have kids, we would probably want to do stuff differently than, you know, the, how the generation above us did. Like, yeah, that's just how it goes. Like generations yeah. do things differently. But I like I skipped that. And so I went through like I, my grandmother's the best. I call her Nana. She's the funniest human in the world. And we braid each other constantly. Like that's our relationship. That's like how we show love to each other. But at the same time, like Nana is very very strict like i was terrified of her as a kid um and so just like living with that at a very different experience because i would go to like friends would come over to my house and like nana like swears like a sailor and it was just like what i was used to as a kid but they would be like oh my god like are you cool like are you good i'm like yeah like <laughs> that's just nana right that's nana and so it's just like uh, i'm going down a rabbit hole here of the actual question, but I just grew up with a very different um, upbringing than the normal, but kind of going through that, like I almost got to build my relationship with my parents in my own way mm -hmm. because they weren't just there constantly. Right. And so like I would go and visit them. And then that was kind of like the fresh start of like actually hanging out with my mom or hanging out with my dad or like, figuring out what they like to do because yeah. it was like i feel like if you were just to grow up with that you kind of inherently know what your parents are like but i almost got to like meet my parents as i grew up and got older sure. um and so like that that's been good and now like my relationship with them is good and so uh, i'm to to kind of piggyback off of that i think one of my favorite parts of the book um, there was like a, a segment, I think it was near the end of one of the chapters where Michelle and her mom, I think they were in a fight and her mom had basically said like, I just don't understand you. Yeah. And it was this big revelation and Michelle had talked about like how it was this weird thing to think that these, the, you know, the people that created you 
didn't exactly get you. Yeah. Uh, and that <laughs> that piece got me a little bit. Um, and and I I love my parents so much. I come from you know a, a very you know loving household. Um, but I you know they're just growing up. You know, it's that kind of thing where I, I kind of had that same thing happen essentially. Where like I, I was always a very you know quiet kid. I wasn't necessarily very rebellious. Um, but I don't think I let my like, you know, weirdness show in front of my parents almost out of like a respect thing or like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go try, try to go through the motions and be like this good son. Um, and I think it wasn't until later in life where I kind of had, you know, that realization that, you know, I can't hold that against my parents because in the same way that. I, you know, they're, I'm trying to figure out them. They're trying to figure out me as like a fully realized person and not just their son. And I think that has changed over the course of our relationships because now that I'm, you know, older and married, we're trying to figure out this new stage of life of like, how how do we switch from the the parental relationship to a friend relationship and seeing them as, you know, uh, as friends and, you know, go out with them when they're in town or, you know, Maddie and I take them out to dinner. And um, I I don't know. I just think it's a, it's an interesting thing. And I I think that the book did a really good job of showing that nuance of, of the, you know, the change in, in relationship from like parental figure to, you know, the yeah. weird in between of whatever it is when you're trying to become an adult to then when you are an adult. Um, and I don't know. It was beautiful. It was great. Growing up is kind of weird, huh? Growing up is weird. And it's also <laughs> crazy because I feel like uh, you just think your parents have it like a thousand percent figured out, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, what you're just you think as a kid. And then you figure out one day like, oh, hey, I guess I guess not. And got to figure that out. I don't know. Um, so the, the we, we've touched on this a few times a big theme of crying in hmart is the relationship around food and like um michelle's relationship with her mom because of like her cooking and the meals that she had when she was younger and growing up and so do you guys have anything um it could be food you you could choose food as well probably not bread at this point in time because i bet he <laughs> hates food forever now um but is there anything that you kind of connect with those in your life with um, similar to food? Like, is there, is it movies? Is it TV? Like, is there something in your life that you connect with others that you love? That is For a me, fantastic question. Yeah. For me, I would say with my dad, it's mostly like sports, movies, stuff like that. Like we, um, we have, we talk all the time, uh, just like, giving each other suggestions on netflix and stuff like that yeah um and then sports as well and then kind of same with my mom like sports and books um movies and books tv stuff like that um just in general like having similar interests like i grew up listening to their music so uh, i think we share similar uh musical tastes like i like a lot of oldies like earth wind and fire yeah stuff like that is my dad's favorite so i listen to a lot of um stuff like that even modern more modern like i've shared music with them sometimes and I always feel cool like sharing a more new new age artist that sounds similar like um, silk sonic i shared them with with nice. my parents um because they're like an earth earth wind and fire type thing but yeah so just kind of that in general not specifically food i wouldn't say i'm a great cook so but yeah yeah 
Um, that's cool. I have a new one, a new formed connection with someone that I love. And this is my grandfather. Um, and so when I say I grew up with Nana, that's my mom's mom. And my grandfather that I'm talking about right now is my dad's dad. So different side of the family. Um, he has very recently gotten really into reading. Like he's, he reads oh, every night before bed. These now. stories always warm my heart yeah, so we've, much. We've talked about, we've talked about Granddaddy Phillips a few times on, on this podcast now. And so that that's become a really cool one because like he's reached out to me for recommendations. Um, and like he's like 86, pushing about to be 87. So, I mean, he's not a, a young whippersnapper anymore. And he is just flying through some books. I, I don't think I've told you guys this, but I know that uh, I bought him the Nightingale for Christmas. And that is kind of what made me want to do it for January, uh, like the book of the month that we did. Uh, but he texted me the other day and he was like, oh, I read The Four Winds and The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna as well. And like he's a huge Kristen Hanna I fan now because of The that. Nightingale. And so, like, we talked about uh, Four Winds a little bit, and, like, it was cool because Great Alone is a book that I have not read. And he was like, hey, I really like this book. You, Dude, you The Great Alone is so good. I'm going to – hey, can you give me your uh, – Grandpa Phillips' number so I can yeah. talk to him about Great Alone? He's yeah, so he good at texting. A, are we going to get him to guest on here? <laughs> oh, no, man, that would be That would be so fun. fun. <laughs> that would be very fun. And so that that's that's definitely mine right now. It's very cool. Um, so I, I have, I've got two for this answer and I, I did keep it within the idea of food I, for no reason. I just was um, thinking about this in my own life and because, th- you know, Craig and H part is such a love letter to food. You know, I feel like there's a, a lot of the book, the pacing kind of, you know, will jump around and, um, you know, it, you know, sometimes it'll be like something happens and it's a very short segment and then it'll jump to like a, you know, a trip or, you know, whatever. But right. whenever she's talking about food, you can like the pace slows it's right. actually, you know, every, you know, there there will be a couple paragraphs about, you know, these delicious dishes that, you know, her mom made her and how it, you know, the the tanginess of it or the flavor and the, how, right. it, you know, how it triggers memories and all this stuff. And um, so I was just thinking of like, I was trying to think like, do I have anything like that food related? And so I thought of two. Um, so one, uh, it's, this is my grandmother. So my dad's mom um, she just growing up as a kid, she would always make me th- this like, you know, this very, I, it, th- there was nothing like, I guess, crazy, you know, quote unquote, special about it. Like it wasn't a- anything like, um, uh, uh, like Gratitude. ingredient wise, you know, out of the ordinary, but it was just her, her recipe for these sugar cookies. Every time we would come into town growing up, she would make me these sugar cookies and it like she knew that I liked them a lot. Like I guess I, as a kid, I would I was probably cramming these sugar cookies down or something, <laughs> like slamming them. Um, but it, it like became synonymous for her that it was like oh like Parker and these sugar cookies. And so she would you know make sure if there was ever like events in my life or whatever like these sugar cookies. A lot of times at Christmas or my birthday, you know randomly, uh, movie that was our grandmother name for her. She would um, just have these sugar cookies for me. And, and so she passed, um, when I was in college and it was very sudden and it, that was just something that like, it stuck with me because I always thought that it was, you know, that was like one of our things, you know, it was, it was those sugar cookies. It It was a tie to her, um, that, you know, we had. And then, 
uh, and I, you know, I, I haven't told her how much this means to me, but r- randomly, uh, a while back, my aunt made those sugar cookies for me and she had found the recipe and she was like, yeah, I know that, you know, you had like, these were your favorite Aww. from a movie. And so anyways, so I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it, and I, you know, again, like it, it's something small but just like really profound and i really like i can't not think of whenever i think of my grandma i think of those cookies um and then the other thing i'd say is um this is this is more just like like silly but like whenever i'm whenever i was sick growing up i had this like favorite potato soup that my mom made it was kind of like a chowder um and and still to this day like it's like my favorite comfort food oh it's so good it's i mean brett you've had it like you you know but it's it's, amazing it's just like this like thick hearty like filled with potatoes and corn and and bacon and everything and um it's it's just like a very hearty soup but there's been multiple times where like if i've ever had something you know challenging that i've been you know faced with my mom will you know reach out and she'll either like bring it to me like in a big massive tub or she'll at least like reach out and be like hey do, do you need some potato soup and i it's just it's sweet and um i i love that so those are my two my two food uh memories that i could relate to from reading this book yeah. i love that yeah both very americanized versions and, yes. and <laughs> definitely like not nearly as um I'd say probably sophisticated when it comes to like <laughs> palate, but every day my cousin and I would go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac. I mean, because hey, of- <laughs> that's it. That's beautiful. Uh, well, real quick, let's. I, I think we're we're probably close to wrapping up, but I did yeah. want to ask you guys if you could ask Michelle Zahner anything, what would it be? So I was trying to think of a question, and I didn't think of a question, but I did think of a conversation topic, um, and the entire conversation revolves around how the acoustic version of Everlong by the Foo Fighters is infinitely better than the studio recorded album version. Because <laughs> the acoustic version of Everlong by Dave Grohl is so unbelievably good. And I would just love to talk to her about how correct she is and how incorrect her friend is on that. That oh, is wow. amazing. That's incredible. All right, Michelle, it's balls in your court. Yeah. Yeah, balls Let in your court, know. Michelle. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Let's have that talk. Um, I think... I had a couple, you know, from from the end of end of uh, end of the book. I wanted to see if in the years since. Well, so this is when did this book come out? Last year, end of last okay. year. Yes, um, I know it was recent. Okay, I wanted to see like if she had started doing any kind of like Duolingo or anything like that for Korean and or like tried to like improve her her Korean because she taught it's it's kind of it's a common like um self-conscious like sticking point for her and she's always calling herself you know she's she really berates herself for for not being better at Korean and you know as kids do she mentions how her mom was like you know someday you're really gonna regret blowing off these Korean lessons and she's like yep my mom was right it (laughs) sucks and I should have paid attention um which we all have that kind of stuff but I just want to kind of follow up on that and see how that was going. Um, and also, you know, how in what ways has she expanded her her knowledge of Korean cooking since, since the end? Because she mentions the the lady she found on YouTube. Um, and I kind of also I need to go back up and look up her name and see. If I, I meant can... to watch some of those videos for this yeah. episode and I forgot because I just the descriptions of those youtube videos i imagine it's like a 
It's either a really big YouTuber or someone that has like a small, very, very dedicated following. Yeah. That's all and I'm, that's why I need to look that up. That was the best part because she was like, she explained like it was like a, you know, dimly lit kitchen. Like yeah. the setup wasn't that great, but like her recipes were spot on and like perfect. It was like a mom's recipe. So in in, in the acknowledgments, she mentioned her and my, my question was going to be about her as well. The, um her her youtube because uh, i want I, I wanted to know like did they did they become friends after the publication of this after right. like i wonder if they've been in contact since then um and then also my, my question would have been kind of along the lines of that is just like how um like after releasing this book have had like the how have you seen the impact on the people that were in you know involved and right. has it like has it you know let you have more open conversations yeah. where like where, just I, I want to know where like after writing this memoir it's taken her um you know further in the process of like you know with her family and with these relationships right. that she's made and i don't know that's what i would ask michelle so i i did find it uh Mongshi is the youtuber and she's doing good for herself <laughs> oh yeah uh she she has uh, almost six million subscribers wow, and like 500 so videos cool. and so well that's that's so cool and i wonder i wonder like the 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 boost or like the interest yes. from this the, i think that's boost. i think that's such a sweet thing you know of like when when creators like come into like Other fame or spaces <laughs> right and then but then they also are able to like bring along people right. who inspired yeah. them and or, or also i mean not necessarily bring along that sounds like well, i'm saying still, like she didn't have a following of her own but yeah right. you, but even but she's just able boosting. to like boost lift her up and right. put a spotlight on it um yeah. so i did and i i thought about this um if we would have had more time uh, and and I guess it's not really more time. It's just poor planning. And maybe we can still do this post uh, book reading. But I wanted to try to do it before we got to this recording. But I would have loved for us to do a day trip to an H Mart because there's that one in Atlanta. Amazing. And then oh. the other thing I would have loved for us to try to make one of the dishes um, from the YouTube, like from Mei Chong's YouTube videos, yeah. and just like see, like I mean, it would have been a wild time and i'm sure we would have botched it uh but i think we could have had fun with it yeah that would have been a lot of fun we should definitely do that okay well well let's uh let, let's see once daniel gets back we can on um, the books well he already is back yeah i'm already oh, yeah, back that's right. <laughs> when the audience is listening to this he's back yeah we'll give it a shot um one more question to, to wrap us up really quickly let's do it one more to go uh if you were to have a memoir uh written about you or if you were to write your own memoir what would it be titled Hmm. Well, I think it's being a little bit um, influenced by current situations, but maybe something along the, along the lines of like Pepto Bismol or something like that. <laughs> and it's just—I like, did not know where you were going with that. Pepto the cover is pink. Oh no! How Pepto Bismol so saved my life. Yeah. Um, so, if I were to write a memoir about my childhood, which there's a lot of content to write in there, I feel like. Oh yeah, dude. Um, you can make multiple memoirs. My my nana, her nickname for me is Tall and Lanky, and so I oh. would name it Tall and Lanky. <laughs> Dude, you gotta write this. I I would read that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's that's see that's what oh my god that's such a perfect man. Well, uh, well, mine might be uh my parents' nickname for me is Biddle, so maybe something like that. Oh. Biddle? I didn't know that. That's precious. Can I call you Biddle from now on? Sure. 
I don't know. I forget the origin of it. But Can that's... our listeners call you Biddle from now on? Yeah, I love Biddle. this. This is like <laughs> secrets. Brett, we've been friends forever. How did I not know that you're called Biddle? <laughs> I don't know why that's never come up. You know, this is this is wonderful. This is good. This, this is, is a good growth. day. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm not going to have anything to top tell and lanky or Biddle. So I'm, I'll, I'll think on All it right. and come that back to good. it. That sounds good. Cool. Yes. Uh, any, any closing thoughts on uh, Michelle's Honor or Crying in H Mart? Um, go follow Japanese Breakfast. Yes, and support absolutely. Them. Oh, we always do this with our um book episodes, but an author's note, and I actually do have a really short author's note that I think is yeah. funny. If you allow me to say that, yeah. So of course, very recently, um, uh, Machine Gun Kelly's new album came out, and he got a ton of heat for it because it looks. And like, it's very, it's not, it, it's similar to, um, Japanese breakfast album art and Is it really? okay. to the point where Rolling Stone called Machine Gun Kelly Yikes. out for copying, um, Japanese breakfast. And then she like tweeted at him and basically was like, I don't see the resemblance. We're not even using the same fruit in these album covers. Like, <laughs> if I wanted beef with a rock star, it wouldn't be Machine Gun Kelly. And, like, she oh just, like, put, put the argument to rest. And I was like, that's just so cool. Like, it's just That's fun. so nice. That's yeah. wonderful. Um, The one, so the one author's note I had, too, I mean, this comes straight from the book, but I thought it was so cool that her first album cover is like a photo of her mom. She mentioned the candid photos that she found. <laughs> the yeah. Psychopomp album cover. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Psychopomp. If you look at the cover, I just, I think that's so cool. And I, I mean, I like was mesmerized cause I, I actually started listening to her stuff, you know, as we picked up the book before I had like really known anything or, you know, too much about her story. And then once I realized like, Oh, that's, I mean, I guess I probably could have realized if I was smart at all and used context clues, but I thought that was really, really cool. Um, that, that cover art was one of those candidates of yeah. her mom. Yeah. That's, cool. that's awesome. Um, yeah. So go listen to Japanese breakfast. It's great. It's good music. Um, and, and read this book and support Michelle's honor. Cause she seems very cool. Go do it right now. All right. Well, let's end it. So Brett can uh, do what he needs to do today. So. <laughs> Uh, no. any, any shout outs or thank yous from you guys um just uh just the just the regs you know the regulars the 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 listeners out there who are just doing uh doing the lord's work by you know downloading and listening to this podcast every week uh, that's so kind that's so nice we don't know why you do it um but it's it really just does warm our hearts um so thank you uh for everyone who listens um tell your friends about it uh Keep reading. Happy reading. Um, Dan, have fun on vacation, even Thank though you. by the time you, people are listening to this, you're already back. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll have a good time. Yeah, that's a shout out to you, pal. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. A special shout out, as always, to Jacob Robinson. Um, we actually just saw him. He was in town. Uh, and he's great. And um, <laughs> his 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 uh, music's great that he did for our podcast. So we love Jacob. Special shout out there. Um, and then shout out to Maddie Moon for the wonderful cover art for our podcast as well. Thank you both. And never forget the real books for the friends we made along the way. Yay! We did it!